Think this could be a good year. Maybe it's time we all try new things, mix it up a bit. Uh, explore solutions, consider new info, and most importantly, learn to adapt and get a new perspective. Um, try different approaches, some ideas. So, uh, yeah, this year. Month, I got a couple guests lined up. I got lined up for tonight. I think you'll enjoy uh, his company. It's Mitchell Henderson. He's got a weekly spot on rent. He's got quite the background. And um, yeah, so I got some good guests. I'm just trying to, I don't know, tie in real world stories with what we're learning here. And Know, confirming that uh, we really have a serious problem. We really have come under the spell of the Unitarian Commutic Law. So, anyways, uh, do have some announcements. Uh, finally got email fixed. So, uh, I'm grateful for him fixing that on the website. If you anyone got it down, FHPost. At protonmail.com. Our host, F host, H O S T at protonmail.com. Email with your thoughts, criticism, ideas, anything. So that does work. I tested it. F H host, all lowercase. Uh, I also want to announce that I did set up a chat board for anybody who wants to drop some links or info to conversate about any of these topics deeper. 
know we talked about communitarian law quite a bit and some really good things out there I'll be doing that a little later this year but yeah, if anybody wants to drop any good info it's going to be there it's all lowercase final hour chat dot chat ango p-h-a-t-a-n-g-o chat ango dot com final hour chat at tango.com. I'll keep on that and uh, I'll get one. So, yeah, just uh, if anybody wants to comment and their thoughts there, keep it respectful. It'd be awesome. Uh, you know, have some fun with it. I threw some test links, uh, memes in there. For some reason, it wasn't taking all the memes. I was kind of testing it. Put funny ones in there, I thought. Yeah, let's use it for sharing information resources. Uh, so if you're interested in posting any info, please do so. Appreciate it. Uh, probably won't be able to watch that chat live, but I can definitely check it on breaks. So. Anyways, just going to watch it. Uh, anyways, yeah, my guest... Uh, Henderson's got quite the resume. I know I got a bad connection here. Best view quality. My apologies on that right now. So I know Mitchell Henderson has quite the background, and I know they'll be able to kind of take away and educate us on a couple of things in his perspective. Uh, I got the know Mr. Henderson a little better. Talked to him a couple times the last couple weeks. And, um, found he had really interesting stories. Uh, very interesting life as a young man. Uh, quite the impressive resume. Here he's got got quite a few uh, degrees. He was in the U.S. Army for 28 years. 14 years enlisted as infantry to staff sergeant. 14 years armor. Cavalry, our captain. Uh, he's trained in chemical, biological, and radiological warfare, psychological warfare operations, tactical nuclear warfare operations, warfare specialist. Um, I'm skipping a couple here. Uh, communication security officer, guerrilla counterinsurgency warfare. He was in uh, law enforcement for a number of years. Uh, including plainclothes, street, anti-crime units, vice um, divisions, homicide, crime, uh, human trafficking. Anyways, he's got quite the resume. And he also spent years overseas as a government contractor in infiltrating Latin American drug cartels. So, yeah, quite the interesting resume, I thought. Good, good topic to I want to get his experience on it. Again, it confirms my opinion what we're seeing today. Um, we're seeing a complete takeover of the language, all local regulations, statutes, and that's just their way of controlling us. Uh, it's getting pretty bad. Now. Um, I noticed in my uh, city council agenda meetings uh, for their 
you know, summary of what they're going to talk about, they actually state how it complies or aids or, or that has no effect on what they call the regional plan, regional growth plan, or you know, of course they got all the names for the stuff, but carbon neutrality plan. So, again, this stuff's really starting to creep into our lives. It's going to affect us more and more, especially as technology is implemented. I heard some other uh, conversation about how AI has been taking over jobs and, you know, a lot of these uh, low-skilled Im- immigrants coming over here are you know, going to wonder, what are they going to do? So, you know, if nobody can pay their bills and nobody's working, you know, they got this welfare state, well, how long is that going to last? Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of issues that are coming up on our doorstep. Uh, and I wanted to tie a personal aspect that I wanted to get put is bring some interesting talks. So I don't know if Mike did uh get your call in yet. All right, yeah, I'm really sorry about my audio. Uh I could try to move it for you guys. Um might be better, it might be worse. Or maybe I'll pick up. Okay. So, yeah, let's let, let's let Mitchell on since I got the audio problems. And Mitchell, why don't you introduce yourself? How are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, my name is uh, Mitchell Henderson. Uh, I uh, give the, uh, a weekly uh, geopolitical report on the uh, Rent Show every Monday. And uh, I've got experience, 28 years in the Army, five years in the police department. Was contract work for the federal government overseas. Um, I've got a pretty broad education because uh, I did. Uh, I was a military intelligence staff officer trained at Fort Bragg, uh, so I have like bachelor's degrees in history, political science, uh, geography, international relations, and economics, and a master's in geography. Uh, and, and this was all to help me analyze uh, material. Uh, on the people that well, that were spying on, or the people that were fighting, okay, uh, to, to, to arrive, uh, to, to, to figure out what the enemy's intentions are and stuff, and the way that they're likely to uh, respond to any type of uh, action that we take. So uh, so this is the, the basis of my geopolitical report, is, is I, I look at sources overseas, uh, to get information, and I develop sources overseas to get to get a, a point of view of the other side. You know, uh, figure out what they're thinking, and look at their culture, look at their their way of thinking, in order to uh, uh, understand the way that they see things. Because, well, they 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 taught me this at Fort Bragg. Uh, you know, you don't want to interpret the enemy according to the way you are. You have to understand the way they are. So, so just to, to give an example, uh, in the West, uh, von Clausewitz says that uh, uh, di- uh, war is the continuation of diplomacy by other means. That in China, Chow and Lai said that diplomacy is a continuation of war by other means. So we think we might be going to war with China, but China has 
uh, has believed that they are at war with us since 1950. So in their view, they're already at war with us. So uh, to interpret their intentions, you have to understand where they're coming from. So that, that's sort of what I, I put into uh, my reports and stuff. So, Yeah, I've listened to a couple of them. They were very informative. Um, I always I thought what you told me about, because I asked uh, Mitchell how he learned about the Jewish supremacy problem, and I thought his answer was pretty remarkable. He kind of had firsthand uh, experience from it. Um, go ahead. Can you elaborate on that again? Tell the audience how you figured this okay. out. Well, the, the, uh, actually, it's, it's sort of like it's an, it's an obvious thing almost, okay, because one of the things I try to do uh, in my in my other reporting is I try not to go through another interpreter, okay? I try to interpret dir- directly and stuff. So uh, 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 in my, in my um, for, for example, okay, in 1968, uh, my father took us out of the church because he said it was Marxist, okay? Uh, and he said it's, it's all about uh, destroying, uh, destroying the family, destroying, destroying the country, destroying everything. Uh, if you can destroy property rights, to destroy property rights, you have to destroy the family. To destroy the family, you have to destroy the patriarchy. Now, uh, everything that I'm saying is is exactly what uh, 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 they say themselves. For example, Friedrich Engels, he wrote a book called. Uh, uh, this is back in the 1890s, a book called The, the, the Family, uh, Property, and the State. Okay, And in that book, he argues that in order to, to destroy uh, property and destroy the state, you have to destroy the family. And, and then he went on to say, of course, the patriarchy must be destroyed. You have to destroy that entire cultural thing okay, in order to uh, accomplish what Marx wanted to accomplish. Okay, but uh, uh, you have to go back further. Like, where did Ingalls get this idea from? Okay, well, it all started in the modern times. Okay, it started in 1832. A guy named Moses Hess wrote a book called The Holy History of Mankind. Okay, now this book is, is the beginning of both Marxism and Zionism. Okay. Now, this isn't this isn't just me saying this. Uh, there was a professor Shlomo uh, Avenari of Hebrew University in uh, in Israel. He just died like a couple weeks ago. But he wrote a book called Moses Hess, the Prophet of Communism and Zionism. Okay. Now, they they you, you probably, most people probably never heard of this guy. Never heard of this at all because because it, unfortunately it links Marxism and Zionism together. It shows that they're both the same thing from the same source, okay? And they have the same objectives, okay, uh, hand in hand. Uh, so uh, then in 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels wrote the Communist Manifesto. It was Moses Hess who taught Engels and Marx into communism. So it was his idea. He doesn't get the credit. Marx gets, Marx gets the credit because, because they want to isolate Marx, okay, uh, from Zionism. They want to make it seem like it's something totally different. But it's not. Right. It's, it's the same thing. Okay. So, um, so uh, then, uh, uh, then in the, the 1930s, 
you had this school of Marxism in Germany called the Frankfurt School of Marxism, uh, Freudism, Freudianism, because they're really putting sex, uh, including sex, into the Marxism because, well, that's how you destroy the family, okay? So uh, these guys, uh, these professors were all Jewish. Uh, all of them were, every one of them. There was no non-Jewish professor of cultural Marxism. And the concept of cultural Marxism uh, came in the 1920s from an uh, Italian uh, Marxist uh, named Antonio Gramsci. Okay, And Gramsci observed that, uh, that he, he said in the 1920s that the Soviet Union would fail because they were trying to impose all of this from the top down. And uh, he, he observed this. He said that we unthinkingly acquiesce to the culture that we're born into. In other words, you're born into American culture, say, in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Whatever culture you're born into, you just sort of just accept that as, as the normal reality and stuff, and you, you accept it. So the cultural Marxists said, well, in order to change the world, we have to change the culture. Okay, and parts of this culture was, of course, uh, had the Marxist bent that we have to destroy the patriarchy. We do that with feminism. Okay, we have to destroy the family. We do that with uh, LGBT. Uh, uh, you know, the gay revolution, uh, the sexual revolution of the 1960s. You, you'll notice in the 1960s they had the sexual revolution, and by the 70s they started having the gay revolution. Okay, and. Uh, and they push this further, uh, you know, into not just not just gay, but transgender and, and every kind of thing you can think of. Open up a Pandora's box of uh, uh, sexual perversion and stuff. Uh, the, the idea is to to uh, uh, the idea is you, you know, both feminism and uh, LGBT uh, is really focused on you not reproducing. Okay, this is how they destroy the family. And, uh, and now the family, I mean, I've, I've watched, I don't watch TV much, but I stay in hotels sometimes and, and I, I, I just flip through and I see, uh, some programs. I see commercials and you'll see a lot of programs and commercials where they have, uh, they have like, uh, a, a man, two men, a gay family with children and stuff and a lesbian family with children. And, and they really push this. So this is supposed to be normal. Okay. But, the problem with this normalcy is that the word normal uh, is not qualitative, it's quantitative. And, and, and by that I mean uh, normal doesn't say, it doesn't say whether something's good or bad. All normal is supposed to do is say what most people do. If, say, 60% of the people do that, that's considered normal. Uh, the LGBT people were typically 5 to 10% of the people, so they were never normal because that's not what everybody did. Okay, but but they see they they it's all uh, it's all brainwashing. It's all twisting the words and twisting the logic for you to think the word normal means that it's it's uh, that it's uh, it's it's good and it's susceptible. Well, that's not what it means at all. It just means that that's what most people do. Okay, so right. so um, so it's been a it's been a long uh, it's been a long road, but. But you'll see that that everything in, in this is is about uh, it, it's about inverting everything. Hang tight. We got a commercial. We are back. All right. Okay. Media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. 
With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, one major historian, uh, Michael Gaddy, and friends of mine, we've talked about uh, how this country has become 
communist socialist a lot longer uh, than we, we originally thought. Some people are even thinking the Civil War was a communist socialist revolution. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mitchell? Well, uh, actually, there's two competing, uh, two competing narratives in the world. Uh, let's say it's the, the, the so, 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 so let me go back to a, a German philosopher, G.W.F. Hegel. Uh, he wrote a book called Lectures on the Philosophy of World History. In, in his book, he said that the objective of progress in history is a progression towards freedom. So he said that uh, in the beginning in Oriental uh, civilization, uh, you had one person who was free, and that was the king or the emperor, and everybody had to obey him. Okay, so, or her, and and then uh, then we moved into Western civilization uh, is the next stage. He said, and this is where small groups of elite people uh, were free. Like in Greece, in Greece, the, the 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 rich people, the elites could vote, and they called that democracy. Okay, and uh, and Rome did the same thing. So so you had uh, you had an elite that was free, but most of the people were not free. Then Hegel said the third stage of civilization was uh, what he called German civilization. Okay, and he said German civilization is a is a situation where all people are free. Okay, and uh, the United States was set up under that under that premise that all people are free. Okay, in other words, the individual is free, and instead of the people being the servant of the state, the state would be the servant of the people. Okay, so uh, the alter the alternative history was the Marxist history, and and, he, and Hegel wrote that book in 1857. So these are contemporary things, and this is both books, Marx's book and Hegel's book, were written prior to the Civil War. Okay, so so the whole the whole thing is this is it was competing it was two competing things, whereas uh, Mark, whereas uh, Hegel said that progress was towards individual freedom, Marx said that progress was towards uh, uh, material uh, freedom. And by material freedom, he meant free from property, okay? In other words, everybody owns everything just the same. There, there, there is no, the, the group is, the group is, is the, the one with the rights, okay? Well, so, uh, uh uh, th- these are two competing I- ideologies. So, so the Civil War is about group rights, okay? And, and we see group rights up to the current day. What we have is uh, when uh, Joe Biden became president, for example, the Secretary of State, uh, Defense, and everybody said DEI is is the new policy of the United States. Well, DEI is what? It's group rights. It's not individual rights. It's group rights. Because this takes us back to the to the Greek and the Roman days, where small elite group of people rule everybody. They're the free people, and everybody else must obey and do as as they're told. Now, right away, when Biden took over as president, you could see this happening with the COVID epidemic, where uh, the COVID epidemic was actually just an obedience test. They wanted you to stand six feet apart. Okay, when germs and a cough actually spread to 17 feet, okay, and they wanted you to wear a mask, and, and those masks don't protect you from anything. Uh, when you go to the, the doctor's office, if somebody has a mask on, like when they're sewing you up or doing something, that's so that they don't infect you. 
but it doesn't protect them from it. You need a special mask, what they call a duck mask, to be protected from diseases. But they didn't want to push that because those masks are very expensive, and they just they, they, they wasn't going to get everybody to use them. So they wanted you to just use something that was senseless and obey senseless rules and uh, shut down churches, shut down uh, gun stores. They, they wanted to see how far they could deprive us of our of our civil rights without us rebelling. And uh, it was a successful test. They, they saw that, that we would obey. Uh, all they have to do is scare us a little bit, and we'll do anything that, that, that they say. Okay. So, oh, yeah, uh, we, failed, we failed miserably as America in the world. Oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, I that's pretty uh, apparent. Yeah. I, I mean, I look all the time. I, I, I hear people saying, well, they'll never take my gun rights away. Well, listen, they, the, the, the government is pushing uh, perverted sex on your kids and teaching your kids in third grade the joys of anal sex. So you think you, you, you let your kids be submitted to this crap and you think you're going to keep your guns? No, you won't. If you give up your kids, you give up your guns. They know this already. They know you're going to give up everything. Okay. So... Uh, uh, at least they're pretty sure that this is what's going to happen. Okay, so anyway, hang, hang, yeah. hang tight, hang tight. Hold that thought. Uh, got another break, real quick. Be right back. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk real people because you can handle the truth i'm so excited to have you as part of the wild pastures family and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love now we started wild pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high quality pasture-raised meats and even when they did it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly now i'm not talking about the bottom of the barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free range or even cage-free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms of the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. 
Allow me to read one. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered from a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious, he almost died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives that were more affordable, he tried Extendivite. Since taking it, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Mitchell, you know, you brought up a really good point. You know, they're targeting these kids with these, you know, massive psychological operations, mind control, you know, indoctrination, basically. They're targeting these kids so that when they're the future leaders, they're going to be the ones begging for gun control and whatnot. Um, so I just, yeah, I think unfortunate we really don't get a good education in this uh, country and, and the problem uh, is parents are need teaching the kids how to critically think either so you know they think the schools are teaching them yes well it, it's it's more indoctrination it's not really an education at all right you know it's, it's telling you what to think not how to think but what to think uh, well, and they don't actually want that they're they would actually do that, but our kids that are in that position, so they could uh, force us to comply with them. Right, but this actually goes back a, a, a long ways, Travis, because uh, John Dewey is considered the father of uh, American education. He's the one who pushed for compulsory education, and he said back in the 1920s that the purpose of education is not crit- to teach children critical thinking, but to teach them to think in such a way that they'll be the new socialist man. This is the father of American education in the 1920s, saying the purpose of education was socialist indoctrination. He did not say it was about critical thinking, okay? So, so, so this has been going on for a very, very, very long time, okay? And, uh, uh, and it's all back to this cultural Marxism stuff to, to get everybody to change the culture so that children are born into a certain culture such that they see that as the normal thing. In other words, they wanted, they wanted uh, uh, children to see socialism 
as the normal, as the way that it is just the, the world that they accept, that they unthinkingly acquiesce to. Like it's just natural and normal, and that's the way it should be. Because it's easier to deal with people if they all believe that. Okay, so um, uh, this this was carefully thought out uh, and planned ahead, right. and this been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, it's, it's for for example the the, the 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 when you hear critical theory, critical race theory, critical gender theory, critical theory. Well, what does that mean? Exactly what does that mean? Well, uh, uh, Adorno and Horkheimer, two Jewish cultural Marxist philosophers, in 1956, when they wrote a new manifesto, they said Americans are not going to accept words like socialism, communism, Marxism. They're never going to accept that. So we are not going to call Marxism, Marxism, we'll call it critical theory. And under that the Trojan horse of critical theory, it will get them to accept everything that we're saying. In other words, accept Marxism. So critical theory is Marxism. There is no, there's no difference between the two. It's well, it they is. always change the names around, too. For a while, right. critical race theory, you know, this, this new form of doctrination that teaches kids. Then they named it um, SPL, they always change the language and that's what these people do. They control the language. Right. Mm-hmm. Just change the name of something. It's, it's, it's for example, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, like, you'll hear them say things. They, they just put out stuff and uh, they put out these thought contagions, these, these memes, such as gun violence. Well, guns don't commit any violence at all. People commit all violence. It's people violence. There's no such thing as gun violence. Gun is just a tool that can be used for violence, but the gun itself does does not does not do any violence. I mean, it's you know uh, your, your your gun's not going to come out of your closet in the nighttime and shoot you. Okay, a person has to be a hold of that gun. Okay, uh, uh, but you see that it, it it's all about changing the language to affect your thinking. Just like they say, well, uh, white silence is violence. Well, there's nothing violent about silence, okay? Silence is, is an absence of any action at all, okay? So, but, but they, 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 they just change everything up all the time, and, and they use these memes to, and sometimes they sound good and, and stuff. It's like I saw this woman, uh, the other day on, uh, on some, uh, program, they were interviewing her, and she said, well, nobody should ever go to prison at all. Okay, it's inhumane to to imprison people. Okay, so they say, well, what about a serial killer? Don't we need to get him off the street because he'll just keep on killing other people? He says, no, no, they should not be imprisoned. He asked, what about a mass shooter? Should we lock them up to keep them from shooting other people? She says, absolutely not. It's inhuman to put people in jail. Period. You see that they, they, they catch onto these memes and it becomes like a religion. It's just like, it just is that no matter what. Like now, to save democracy, we have to vote for Joe Biden. Okay, well, Joe Biden has actually brought in the end of democracy in America. There is no democracy here. So it is over. It's over for good. We're not getting it back. Okay, it's done. But see, we're going to save democracy. That's what we're going to keep doing now from here into the future is saving democracy. That means throwing Trump in jail. That means it means uh, right. throwing uh, uh, 
uh, white people and white Republicans jail. That's what that means. Okay, it's in other words, using the 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 memes of freedom in order to uh, enslave everybody. Right. That's how clever. Well, yeah. Well, you know, this uh, it brings up uh, another uh, uh, segue into another topic: the way they control the language, the, the history, the written history. You, you you told me a little story about how you know the confirmation of the old in the Old Testament that Jews are not God's chosen people. So I was wondering maybe oh, yeah. you could elaborate on that a little bit. Um, okay, well which, uh, uh, you know it's well. Let me tell you where I'm coming from on this. Okay, like I said, uh, my dad pulled me out of church in 1968. So all my life, I haven't gone to a church. I haven't been uh, a member of any denomination or anything. Okay, so what I've done is when I read the Bible, instead of uh, thinking, uh, going to some other interpreter or something, uh, I just read what it says, and I, I try to apply that to, um, to what I actually see in the world, you know, like uh, instead of things representing things, well, maybe things just mean exactly what they say. So uh, the, the first thing that sticks out is uh, if you look in uh, Genesis 4, it says uh, Cain uh, uh, will be uh, will, will will have to wander the earth, okay, and he'll have a mark on him, okay. He'll be homeless and restless, wandering all over the globe, a, a vagabond or whatever. I mean, it says different words in different translations and stuff, but it also says the same thing. So, who's Cain? I mean, if I look at the world and I and say, okay, who would be Cain? Who would be the Jewish people? It would be. The Zionists, they would be Cain, because they 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 wander the earth. They do not have a home. Okay. Uh, the second right. thing uh, that sticks out is uh, in um, Ezekiel thirty six uh, fifteen. It, it, it talks about um, um, I have little notes here. So it says that uh, the the, uh, the 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 Jews basically uh, profaned God. They made God look bad before all the people in the world. So so it says in in uh, Ezekiel thirty six sixteen that the Jews will not go back to Israel until they set a good example and uh, 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 before the world that they become a good example of a godly people before the world. Okay, so everybody now is saying that, oh, well, Israel, uh, in 1948, God gave Israel uh, back to the Jews. Well, Ezekiel 36 says uh, God's not going to give Israel back to the Jews until they behave and they obey his law. Well, well, look at at Israel today. Sixty-five percent of the people in Israel are atheists. Okay, it is the gay Mecca of the Middle East, Israel is. And when they invaded uh, 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 the Gaza Strip, the first soldiers, when they got into downtown Gaza, where the capital is, the first thing they did is raise the gay flag. Okay, this represents sodomy. Okay, this does not represent a godly thing. So, so in the 75 years, Israel has not been a good example before the world, okay? And look at them now. They've killed... Uh, 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 over 10,000 children in this ethnic cleansing of Israel. Is this, is this showing, uh, how great God is? No. No. Right. See, this which, is a lie. Which brings me, uh, Israel right. is not that. 
which brings me to a really interesting point. Like I, I've kind of come across the people that can't ex- like look at the truth. And I kind of tried to explain it to somebody the other day. Like if you lived in a town of 5,000 people and you have all this evidence and it's, it's good evidence, but you know, you're not a detective necessarily. You're trying to show people, maybe you bet your neighbor, a couple of people, but the rest of the people just don't want to look. They won't even look at it. So you got the Christian Zionist, um, you know, these so-called Judeo-Christians, which isn't even a term. You've got your average, you know, patriot Trump card. You've got the lunatic left. I mean, these people just cannot uh, deprogram out of the system. They refuse to. Bizarre. Go ahead, Mitchell. Yeah, so they're... Uh... You know, and, and, and another key thing is Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one. Now, I'm just paraphrasing these these verses. You, you know, people can go look them up uh, by themselves. Uh, but it says in Jeremiah 31, 31, that God will make a new covenant. And in this new covenant, nobody has to tell his neighbor about God, because God's going to put it in your heart. So think about what the new covenant is. The new covenant is where God is God, the only intercessor between God and man is Christ, and the only interpreter of God is the Holy Spirit. In other words, God can speak directly to you, and he can hear you. You do not need another person in order to talk to God. This is what it's saying, okay? So uh, so, so uh, then it, says, it goes on and says that uh, when, when the foundations of the earth are, are, are uh, uh, found— and the sky is measured, then the descendants of Israel will be a nation no more. So let's look at what that says. The foundations of the earth were discovered in 1936, and that is the time of the Arab revolt against the Jews settling in Israel. Okay, And the sky would be measured in uh, 1958. Okay, The sky was measured in 1958 by the Hubble constant. Okay. An American uh, astronomer uh, figured that out and measured the sky. Okay, so according to this verse, uh, it, this, this Israel is not God's Israel. This is a counterfeit Israel. Okay, and not only that, but, you know, just think about this, think about this deeply, okay? Uh, uh, just forget about what anybody ever says, any interpretations or anything, but just think logically. Okay, who is the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist is somebody who's against Christ. Well, who's against Christ? Well, the Jews are. Zionism is the beast. Zionism is the Antichrist, okay? And yet, yet, as soon as October 7th happened, every Republican senator and congressman went over and kissed Israel's butt as if, as if uh, Israel is God, okay? Well, if you're a Christian, okay, you're not a Jew, and you're not an Israeli, and they are not. You should not be kissing their butt. That is not that is not your God, okay? That is the Antichrist. That is Satan. And what is the mark of the beast? Well, the mark of the beast is simple. It's 666. Look at that star on the flag of Israel. Six points, six triangles, six inner, uh, inner angles. And where did they get that star? They said, oh, that was on the shield of David. The, 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 the Encyclopedia Judaica itself says there's no such thing that was not on the shield of David. That star was invented. That was the star in Acts, I think. It talks about the star of Rephaim, 
and and he was uh, of Moloch. That's what that star is. And in the the Zionist conference in 1897, where political Zionism began, they adopted that as the sign of Zionism. Okay, that the, the beast is Zionism, and the mark of the beast is the star of uh, David. Okay, it's not David's star. He never saw such a star. Okay. Right. And it wasn't well, isn't it true? Deal. Isn't it true that uh, on all the UPCs on every product you buy, the first uh, two lines, the middle two lines, and the last two lines, six, six, six. Yeah, I mean, they pretty control UPC, every aspect of the financial system. So yeah, Murray Eden, he was a Jewish man. He's the one who created the UPC you see on every product. So the first two thin lines, the last two thin lines, and then there's two thin lines that come down through the middle. Uh, that bracket it, and the two thin lines is a six. So every product that you buy has a six, six, six on it. Okay. So yep. uh, I mean, listen, all this stuff is actually apparent. It's apparent who the Antichrist is. It's apparent who what the mark of the beast is. I mean, it's all it's all very out there for you to see. Uh, I mean, and if you if you if you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a book about God's displeasure with the Jews. Okay. So, so how, how Christians can put Jews first and put Israel first? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just inconceivable. But, but it says in Revelation that even the elect will be deceived in the end times. You know, it's like uh, these people hate Christ. Why would we be worshiping them? Why would we be even supporting them? They hate Christ. I mean, there's all sorts of Christian Zionist churches that send money to them and. You know, probably oh, yes. donating money to their war efforts and blah blah blah, and they don't realize what they're supporting is genocide. And and Christ would never support something like what they're doing to the people yes, in and, uh, and, and Christ would not be the grand marshal of gay pride parade either. You know, no, read Romans with... chapter one. It just tells you right there that Christ doesn't support these people. Okay, I mean. Uh, you know, the dece- listen. The deception is comprehensive. It's comprehensive in, in in not just in our public education. It is comprehensive in our church too. The, the very term Judeo Christian, Judeo Christian, is is an oxymoron. These are two opposing things. Judeo is against Christ. Okay, so so that that is that's another meme. That's a brainwashing meme. Okay. I mean, again, they yeah they control the language. They came up with that term to marry the two terms, which is an oxymoron. It's kind of like sovereign citizen. You can't have sovereign that's also a citizen, you know, which implies a slave to the government. So they control this language. They they, they really, in essence, control the masses in their thoughts. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's uh, it's thoroughly. I mean, uh, like you say, the brainwashing is comprehensive. It's every right. aspect of your life, you know, just everything that, that you're into and stuff. It's got to do with everything. Uh, Marx even said it. Marx said that money is brainwashing. Even money is a part of language, and it brainwashes people. So, so, so brainwashing is your whole world and all the influences in your world and stuff. So... Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 when I was in the Army, I took this course, the Psychological Warfare Operations course. This is back in the 80s and stuff. It was pretty straightforward and stuff. Uh, uh, 
you know, it's it's sort of like. Uh, let me try to explain it this way. There was a there was a French uh, psycholinguist named Jacques Lacan, and he said that uh, uh, grammar is is like playing chess. Okay, in other words, gra- grammar imposes on your brain that this thought can only move in this way and in this direction, and and, and so the grammar sort of uh, uh, controls. Uh, uh, how far you can think about anything, okay? So uh, that's why uh, different languages can have you, uh, can, can change your, your world outlook, okay? So, for example, I speak Spanish fluently, okay? So, so if I say in English, I knocked the glass off the table and it broke on the floor, you notice that I'm saying I am the one who knocked the glass off and it broke on the floor, in Spanish, you say, se cayó el vaso y se quebró en el piso, which translates, the glass knocked itself off the table and it broke itself on the floor. Okay? So, so when you look at the, the worldview of somebody who, who thinks in Spanish, it's different than the worldview of somebody who speaks in English. Okay? In, in, in Spanish, in other words, you're not responsible for anything. The thing does itself. So, yes, in Spanish, guns can do violence because the gun killed the person, not you. In Spanish, that would go. In English, that doesn't, that, that doesn't quite compete, uh, compute. Okay? Uh, even in Spanish, you don't say my hand, you say the hand. In other words, uh, my hand didn't do something, the hand did it. You're not expressing ownership of it. So, so uh, so, so language and grammar has a major effect on the way that you see the world, and that can be manipulated. You can manipulate that by changing the meaning of words, uh, by just pushing new memes, uh, like the meme of gun violence, okay? Uh, and, and to a Spanish audience in Spanish, well, sure, the gun kills people. You don't. A person does it. The gun does it. But in English, it's not supposed to be that way. But that's why they're trying to get rid of Northern European peoples, because we're the ones who think the English way. Okay? Well, they, they definitely feel threatened by us, apparently. Yeah. Well, we're I mean, not thinking the right way. So if you can't get them to change the way they think, you just get rid of the people that think that way. So... Uh, listen, they've been attacking our language for a long time. I mean, look at Ebonics. Uh, I, I was in the military 28 years. I saw Ebonics taking over the military. Uh, for example, uh, I was an armored cavalry officer, so we have tanks. Uh, and in tanks, you have a, a, a bilge pump. You know, in English, it's a bilge pump. Okay, but uh, by the time of 1985-86, uh, when I was going to all these tank schools, they just said village, uh, village pun, because you, you see the, the black people wouldn't say bilge, they say village. So, so we just accommodated them, and, and so it, it went from a bilge pump to a village pump, okay? Uh, so, so the degradation of language has got everything to do with brainwashing, okay? Well, even now, these, the kids talk in these weird, like, um, like, like I've heard my daughter call student council stupid. And I'm just like, why don't you just say it the right way? Like, why do you have to short, you know? And I'll have these kids, you know, LOLing. 
Oh yeah. Well, it is. I, I've seen. I've, I've talked to uh, uh, some young people, and I, uh, sometimes I have no idea what they're talking about. It's 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 very uh, broken and disconnected. Uh, their whole thought process, their whole speech process, is and right. stuff. So, uh, but we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to accommodate ourselves uh, to that. Okay, uh, but you know, language is everything. About you know, going back to Jacques Lacan, language is, uh, imposes a worldview upon you, and uh, and I can attest to that because you know, ask anybody who speaks. Uh, several languages, especially if you speak it to the, lem- the, the, the point where you dream in that language, uh, where you think in that language, uh, then you can see, I can tell, I, I, I've even had people tell me that my personality when I speak Spanish is different than my personality when I speak English. I actually have a different personality, okay? So these things, these things, they may be not noticeable to most people, but they matter. It makes a difference, you know? Right, and they've got this down with science where, you know, they can control multiple different cultures, they control these languages, they easily control the Spanish culture, the Chinese, I mean, these people are masters at manipulating mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what I was telling, you know, another audience in another show, but, you know, they, they really effectively uh, weaponized us against each other. And so you see the state imposing its will on the people, you know, from this fraudulent judicial system. You know, I mean, I don't even want to say justice system because it's not even, it's just us. It's not, it's not a, a justice system for us, you know what I mean? It's them. So, you know, and you, you can test that. I mean, it, it really protects the criminals, not the victims. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but you know, like uh, I was saying, I have all these degrees and stuff. Well, I made sure. Well, hey, hey, hold on. I think I let a break them here. Okay. Hang tight. Hang tight. Hold your thought. Back, yeah. back, guys. Mitch on the line. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network.